0: And with that music, Studio 720, one of our amazing Prince George bands, we're live. And we are here with who, Dave?
1: Meg Keir. She's the owner of the Adventure Bus, Mm -hmm. which is a local get your butt out of your chair and go hike up a mountain or to a creek or (laughs) stuff. I actually don't know everything you do, so we're going to discover that today.
0: And a relatively new venture into entrepreneurship for you opening up a business and I'm looking forward to getting into that conversation. Before we do, where are you from and how did you end up in Prince George? So born in
2: Vancouver, uh, moved to the Okanagan when I was quite young and then back to Vancouver and then up to Prince George about seven years ago. So yeah. So Um, what brought you here? A love, yeah, Ah. a relationship. So the relationship is no more but Prince George definitely sucked me in so (laughs) yeah. (laughs) At know, first I, I was that. like, I don't like it here. Like, why did I move here? It's really cold. I remember my dad saying, you don't want to move there. Like, you're not allowed to move there. It's minus 30. And of course I was like, oh, whatever. Dad, shut up. Like, I can do what I want. And I came here and I was like, oh, Okay. It's cold.
0: <laughs> and your dad's in Vancouver?
2: Uh he's in the Okanagan now, but yeah, was in Vancouver. So
0: That's funny how it's mm-hmm. uh it's minus thirty there. Like it's minus thirty all year. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: that's what people think. We
1: get the sure. one week yeah. <laughs> per year that it actually gets that cold. Yeah. So you have a husband now too though, don't yes. you? Or yeah. You live in boyfriend. What's his name? Who is he? James.
2: Yeah. So met him almost two years ago. Um, and he's now co-owner, adventure partner. So it's been amazing to find somebody that you're actually interested in the same thing. So we spend most of our time hiking together.
0: And before you met him, you took on the role of general manager at Good Life Fitness in Prince George. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like?
2: Uh, it was amazing. Like I met the most amazing people. It made me feel like I had a home here. The experiences were amazing. Um, It was hard, like managing is not really the funnest job in the world. It comes with a lot of good, like growing people and leading and developing and learning, all amazing. Dealing with uh, some of the managerial duties, not my strong suit. So
1: <laughs> I wasn't a great customer. I know you I were? always had an opinion yeah. or something we had to fix. That's yeah. me yeah. as a customer. I'm yeah. like, you know what we need to do? Yeah. I got an idea. And I remember you looking at me. I vividly
0: remember you looking at me going, okay, Dave, what's up now? During <laughs> <laughs> your time oh. at Good Life, uh, can you identify some of the highlights of that career? Cause you were in that role for some time.
2: Correct? Yeah. A few years almost. I think it's just growing like as a human being and as a leader and you meeting you honestly was a huge part of that. You talked me into so many crazy things, right? So, and then mm-hmm. networking together and then running the, uh, that get active campaign that we did, right? Like that was amazing, right? Raising all that money for spin for kids and for the good life kids foundation. Absolutely love that. So I think that would probably be the highlight for sure. And most of the people that are there are still like my best friends now. So it's really shaped who I am and a big part of my life. So, yeah.
1: Actually, was curious, um, before you got to Good Life, what were you doing? Like, were you in fitness then too?
2: Yeah, so I took my uh, group fitness certification at the Y a few years prior, and then I really knew, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I never wanted to have like a nine to five desk job. I always wanted to do something weird if it was like traveling and training and teaching. So I did that, and then I was trying to find places to teach, so I went into Good Life, And just got on at the front desk there just to get in. I was like, I'll start working so I can meet people, get a free membership. And then I just slowly moved up and became the general manager. And, yeah.
1: How many years were you there?
2: I think almost four altogether. Yeah.
1: Well, becoming the general manager in four years is actually pretty quick, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's... I... The divisional manager and I just hit it off and I was super passionate. Like I I came to work every day after I was working, like I worked at Fortis BC in the call center. So I would work there and hated my job and hated my life and I would just go at a good life just super stoked to be like, I'm here on people that are healthy and happy and yeah. So I showed that every time I came to work and I had the experience as a personal trainer and a group fitness manager or group fitness instructor and then once the position popped up and one of the roles within general manager was group fitness manager which was something i was super interested in so luckily i i got the position and yeah
0: well there's a lot of parallels to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur to what we're you're doing as a general manager of good life fitness prince george in terms of you get to witness people become a better version of themselves mm-hmm. And a lot of times, whether they're stepping into that gym for the first time or joining Mm -hmm. one of your adventure tours, they might not have an incredibly high level of confidence.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: What what has it been like to work with people in both regards, and starting with Good Life Fitness, to just see people start to where they can end up and and how much confidence they develop and build on along the way?
2: Mm -hmm. I think that's probably like my driving force, and that was why I loved being a group fitness instructor was purely just because of the connections you make with the people. And then that was why I was passionate about the fitness industry was because it felt like to me like a tool to do good, right? So you're helping people almost in a way of like preventative medicine, right? You're you're not sitting with them in a hospital, pumping them full of medication, I'm not saying that that's, that's the way that it has to go sometimes, but I wanted to try and help people before they potentially reach that point. And yeah, to see people's confidence grow and to be a supportive person too, right? Like you don't want to be, it needs to be inclusive and it needs to be supportive. And so to be able to demonstrate that and be that way with people, it definitely, it definitely helps. Right. So
1: I'm really hearing that you loved the job. You were passionate about it. You loved going to work. Yeah. And so you quit. Yeah. How does that make any sense?
2: It was hard. Like it wasn't an easy decision. Um, like I loved the position. I loved going to work every day in yoga pants and music's going, and you're having like wicked conversations most of the time. but it the pandemic hit, and my health wasn't so great. We'd had some tragedy in our family. and it definitely, I think for a lot of people, made us reevaluate like our lives and what was important, right? So I was struggling with a lot of the stress, like I said, with the managerial aspect. like I don't like, writing people up. I don't like people being mad at me when it's not really, it's out of my control.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: just some some difficult situations that arose in that position. And the stress was just getting to me. So I I was working with a different outdoor company prior while I was still full-time managing Good Life. And that's what like re-sparked it. I knew like this is what I want to do. Um, so then once the pandemic hit, I... I wanted to go and, and work outdoors full time instead of go back to my desk.
0: So tell our listeners and our watchers exactly what happened after you left your position at Good Life.
2: Um, <laughs> so I had actually quit to work for a different company and so that all kind of fell apart. So I had to kind of pretty quickly put together a different business because I'd already left Good Life to pursue uh, a position in the outdoor tourism industry. So I put everything together, had friends helping me with the website, friends helping me with the logo. And then the restrictions increased because remember it during the summer, how it kind of felt like life was normal for a little almost. bit.
0: almost. How many days did we go in a row without a new COVID case? In yeah, it normal? was right? months. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was close to 90 days, Andrew. Or? 89, 90 days. Yeah, uh, yeah, around 90 days. So it, like I remember there's everyone was very lax. Yeah. Right?
2: So I was like, "We're good to go." Like I'm pumped, and then <laughs> November hit, and the restrictions increased, and it was like standstill, right? So, that How was
1: devastating. How much have you invested at that point? You so you start a new business? Yeah. Just to be clear. You have to go out and do what to start it? What did you put into oh, this business?
2: Well, there's business licenses, there's permits, there's insurance, there's gear. I bought a flipping 15-passenger van. Right. Website design, logo design, merch. Like I, I did things that I definitely didn't need to because I'm a little bit crazy. Like I didn't need to buy stickers and merchandise super fast, but I also understand the power of branding, right? So I wanted that to be something that I, I did right away, and I thankfully had the financial ability to do that because of I'd had some savings I sold my home I sold my vehicle all to all
1: to do this yeah what about your husband what he's what's he doing during this
2: so he he's a heavy duty mechanic for Canfor, um but he helps me with all the guiding
1: so he's still working though he still is oh that's why you're yes. alive still yes
2: yes yeah. okay yeah. that's good I'm yeah. glad
1: to hear that yeah. actually I was curious I'm like hoping we're not adding a GoFundMe to no. the end of this podcast
0: I, I like how you casually say I had some savings and yeah. then mentioned, but I sold my car and I sold my house. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm a, i am have no impulse control, I've discovered and I'm just running with it. So it seems to be working out for me and so, you know.
0: But so. let's talk about those restrictions because those came around fall of 2020. Yeah. Like how did that impact your business and just your own mental health as an entrepreneur?
2: mental health it was not good like it was devastating because there's things that just start ticking by like your insurance you know that's pretty expensive for an outdoor adventure company and you can't put a pause on it so these months are going by when I'm now losing money I have no way to to repay this or to retain anything so And then just not being able to get outside with people and then people messaging. And a lot of people were amazing and understood that we had to cancel. But I also had those people that were really devastated because we are Mm -hmm. that outlet for them. And that was really hard as well, right? So
0: As a new business and all of a sudden you're turning away clients and Mm -hmm. going through with cancellations for individuals that may have already signed up, that's not easy at all. (laughs) And how did you persevere during that stage, which wasn't that long ago?
2: Yeah, I don't... I don't know I drank a lot of beer for like a few weeks yeah and uh, and then I just kind of got over it and I was like well I'm going to use this time right like so it gave us time to go and pre-trip and explore and work on the website and kind of start thinking of what we want to do in the future and uh, tried to make the most out of it and then thankfully we did get in touch with someone from Northern Health who was like no you guys do need to be operating And uh, we had a look at our COVID plan again, and thankfully we started running again in early January.
1: So what's changed? Actually, there's two things I think that are really important before we leave this, because we're on your business currently. Yeah. A lot of people won't even know what you do. We've just Mm -hmm. said adventure bus and (laughs) said you like hiking, but what do you guys do?
2: Yeah, so local hikes, so guided local hikes, snowshoes, and backcountry camping this summer.
1: Okay, and so yeah. that's it right now on the menu. Yeah. Is there future plans? Because I saw you got some wilderness survival training or first aid training. Adventure
2: Smart. Yeah. So we want to do custom tours, but that has we have to wait till we can do that till people can hang out again. Right. Right now, it's it's same household for tours. So like we have a staycation package. I'm doing one next weekend, and so it's a, a husband and wife. So I can transport them in the vehicle, and we can go for a hike. Um, but right now, it's just. Groups meet up at the trailhead, everybody has to maintain their distance, wear a mask while they're getting ready, and then we go out for the hike or for the snowshoe. So it's pretty limited right now.
1: I, you know what? That's what, what I've been doing, mm-hmm. um, hiking with a variety of different people, but yeah. we just take separate vehicles mm-hmm. and haven't had any flack from that. So I was curious, have you mm-hmm. had any flack from people yourself yeah. where people see you saying, okay, we're out, we're doing this? Are you marketing it or are you trying to do it quietly?
2: So I did have to market it, obviously, to, no, to let people know we were open again. And I've had nothing but amazing response behind the scenes. Is there people that are saying things without our knowledge? Probably, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure there is. I, I'm sure there is. But we have had no, like, messages or emails or Facebook comments, nothing. Like, people have just been super positive, which I'm super thankful for.
0: <laughs> Isn't it interesting how this this digital space, primarily social media, that you use as a platform to advertise your yeah. services as a company there's also going to be <laughs> that smaller minority where there are critics and it yep. doesn't matter what you do i was sledding with my daughter mm-hmm. on a, a ski hill not even not a ski hill a sledding hill at a school that ha- probably has a 30 degree incline Although and the ice. first two comments were people getting mad that we weren't wearing helmets sledding yeah <laughs> and so there's always going to be those critics out there oh. How do you, as a, how as a company, how do you, how do you deal with that noise?
2: You know, I haven't had to, thankfully. I definitely have some tools in my toolbox from working at Good Life. We got a lot of, we got a lot of critics and a lot of noise at Good Life, obviously. Um, yeah, we just we haven't. So I just feel like being transparent is is key, and all, all doing things with integrity and doing things properly. Really is all you can do, and then if someone has something to say, I wouldn't honestly engage because there there would be no point, right?
1: So. Are you guys going to be doing things um, aside from the hikes? Like, is you have planned in the summer when we we re- reopen? Like, are you going to do the Bowron Lake chains mm. guided, or are you going to do? Canoeing or paddle boarding mm. around. Yeah, various places. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So uh, one thing we're going to focus on is back cap- Backpacking trips. So like Raven Lake, Fang Mountain, Grizzly Den to Raven Lake. So we've posted three registrations already and those are those are going pretty well um, And then we're gonna do lots of like local paddles and then I know you know Kim from Babe born to board yeah yeah so she's like a local paddle boarder so she's gonna run some flat to flow workshops for us because that's something we don't have certifications in so we don't have like Swift water rescue and paddling certs so we know what we don't know and we go to the experts in that field so yeah partner yeah.
1: with them and pull them in exactly. though because a lot of these people aren't running a business but they'd be willing to do one yeah. trip you book them and you're just
2: and then we use our our base right and yeah. make their stoke to have something else so yeah. and there's
0: a lot of characteristic similarities between kimberly and you where she has some of these stand-up paddle boarding courses yeah or seminars that she's done on the nechaco river and other areas and just to see these individuals sign up for these courses and and go through with them and then they just feel on top of the mm-hmm. world afterwards can you talk about some of the individuals that have signed up for your adventure tours mm-hmm. and and what it's like just seeing somebody that might know absolutely nothing about hiking mm-hmm. or snowshoeing or where the best hikes and destinations might be what's it like being able to showcase northern british columbia and yeah. all the beauty that exists in this area to these people
2: that's pretty amazing i think like that's again like our driving force for sure um, I it'll always stick out in my head. Our first time we did Viking Ridge, this girl came and she was so nervous. She didn't want to go. Her cousin had signed her up, and then her cousin couldn't even come, and she was just like, "I'm so nervous. I'm gonna be like the least fit, and I'm gonna be the slowest, and like I've never done anything like this before." And she crushed it, and she did amazing, and it blew her confidence up and now she comes on like many hikes but we always talk about that because it was just such a rewarding feeling for both of us like it's it's flipping awesome when yeah somebody gets to the top of something and they're like I accomplished that I can freaking do this like that's wicked
1: how do you handle that when you have like half the group is really fast I and mean, we struggle with that and there's only oh, it's five hard. of us going and then there's one person who's behind yeah it's so what do you guys do that's
2: that's definitely a challenge but that's why we always have two guides so there always has to be one at the front one in the back and we carry radios to communicate so that way naturally the group is going to get split up so the faster people can go to the front the back people don't have to feel rushed they can enjoy the experience so that's a huge help for sure yeah so that
1: happened to us we were we were made the news all over northern BC is the group going up Mount Pope and we had Shannon who was just a bit behind Yeah. and I think they actually just stopped to pee we were one kilometer from coming back to the truck
3: yeah so we're like okay we'll
1: just keep walking the three girls stopped to pee and we're like we'll just walk ahead and go down to the truck and Shannon lifts her foot up to show her cleats to one of the girls but she's on an angle and then she kind of falls and she snapped her leg one kilometer from the truck Yeah. took us six hours with search and rescue, backboards to get her down to the truck. So what happens? <laughs> You're at the top of Viking Ridge. I break my leg. Yeah. I'm 220 pounds, Meg. What are you yeah. doing with me? Well, What's so, the plan?
2: So first of all, you the first thing you want to think about is your risk management plan. So <laughs> that's the number one thing. So we hope that no one breaks their leg because we travel the routes, we check the weather, we know the conditions. Like Fang, you know there's boulder fields, so let's say it's a cold day and it's been rainy and there's a chance that there's gonna be a little bit of like ice or frost, we cancel the trip, right? So first of all, had I seen like the conditions were super icy, I probably would have said, Dave, we can't go up Mount Pope today, right? So something like that. But if you were to snap your leg at the top of Viking, then we have an sos so we carry a spot and an in reach and then you have to um call for help so same thing local search and rescue comes and and gets you out i don't think they'd be able to stretch or carry you all the way down so then you'd have to probably call for an air ambulance not
1: from the top of viking no so then
2: it's just our job to basically just make you comfortable apply a splint if if we need to and then just make sure that you don't go into shock Hmm. so yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about the, the first two hikes that we mentioned Viking Ridge and Fang Mountain and I'll actually put on Mount Pope in that list. Those are some pretty tough hikes for the mm-hmm. average person. One thing I, I really like seeing about the online engagement with your posts is the variety of different skill levels required mm-hmm. or, or different uh, f- hikes that you offer. So mm-hmm. you'll have a lot of hikes and adventures just around Prince George in mm-hmm. the vicinity and some of these might be ideal for somebody that's looking to just get into hiking for the first yeah. time, where it's not mm-hmm. gonna be a, a straight hike up Fang Mountain where you're climbing for 16 kilometers mm-hmm. over eight hours. There might be a, a, a four to five K moonlight mm-hmm. hike or snowshoe that you offer. Can you talk about some of your favorite places in Prince George to, to offer these like tours?
2: the smaller local ones? I mean, we, we hit a lot of like Paderni, Forest for the World. Like the trail network are, is insane back there. Uh, where else do we go? Tabor Rec Trails is, is a great resource for lots of trails as well. Um, we have like an Achaco and Foothills Loop that's basically the bottom of Paderney. So yeah, we have a lot of amazing local trails. Ginter's, More Meadow, those are kind of well-known dog parks. But yeah, Forest for the World, I would say, in Paderni would be a great place to start. I've never done
1: Paderni, that's funny. No?
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. I live
1: here, I've rode past it a billion times. Really? I've never gone down it. I'm Check like it all it those out. crazy mountain bikers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Whenever what, your next Praterne adventure yeah. tour is, this guy's signing up right
1: here. Yeah, that would be cool. I would actually go and explore it. I like supporting small businesses and yeah. I like hiking with people, right? Yeah. It's not a not a solitary activity for me. Solitary no. is my mountain bike. Mm-hmm. I can go do that alone and ride forty kilometers after work alone and nice. I'm content. Yeah. But with hiking, um, I wouldn't want to hike for more than an hour alone. That's called yeah. going for a jog. Yeah. <laughs> But after that, I'm like, this is boring. I want someone to tell my stories to. Totally, (laughs) totally.
0: You're right. And during a a time where here we are in late February of 2021, where a lot of people in our community and beyond are really struggling with mental health issues Mm and uh, just feeling alone and isolated. And I remember back to around just over a year or just under a year ago, when they were closing provincial parks. Mm -hmm. All provincial parks were closed in this province. And to me, that was just backwards thinking because if anything, during a lockdown, we should have people that can go out to these big, beautiful mountains and actually be able to let off some steam by by moving their body. And there's been- It was backwards. It was backwards. I think it was a bit
2: of a panic reaction, right? Nobody really knew what was going on and they were just- but, yeah. but
0: I think that
1: reaction's still happening. That's why I was kind of curious. Mm-hmm. People are still like, "You shouldn't even be hiking with someone else." Yeah. And I'm like, "Look, you're outdoors. Yeah. Space yourselves six feet apart, ten feet, which naturally happens as you're going up, anyways." Yeah. They've shown that's not how the virus transmits. Yeah. Through the air, that's such a small amount of virus I think, it even has the potential
2: yeah i think the reason too that they're saying like no gatherings with people and why we're allowed to operate is because because we are a business and we are in a sense a controlled environment right so we're not going to risk our business so we we're not hanging out with people after where they think that if a group of friends just goes out they may hang out after and gather right so we're there monitoring the spacing making sure people have masks on and all that kind of stuff so i can see where that comes from in regards to not wanting people to get out, but.
0: There's this out. one gentleman that I run with every Friday, he's actually a mentor of mine, and and every day he's outside participating in body movement, and he mm-hmm. calls it meditation in motion, mm-hmm. and that's his mm-hmm. meditation, because no. yeah, e- totally. even during the 1800s, I was just researching before this podcast, there was doctors that would actually send out clinically depressed clients into the mountains to yeah. get some body movement in, some fresh air, to take in mm-hmm. this nature therapy. And although there wasn't a lot of scientific recorded evidence before that, they noticed drastic improvements in a lot of their patients. Mm-hmm. And you must see that in the individuals that sign up for your tours, that you could start a tour, compare them by the time you start a tour and by the end of that hike, mm-hmm. they could be a completely different person.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think we say this every time. We're like, you know what, Like especially the local ones at night in the dark, you're kind of tired after work. You could sit on the couch every time we're like, man, we could have just sat on the couch, but we feel so good now that we came out and did this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it makes you want to take on more. Oh yeah. Where if you see somebody that does their first hike, it might be Paternia or Force for the World. Yeah. All of a sudden they're like, what else is out there? Absolutely. What else can I accomplish? And that's yeah. a stepping stone. These These, community hikes destinations to taking on something larger yeah like one of the mountains out east
2: totally
1: yeah well you took me up driscoll and turned me into an absolute raging beast All right i'm addicted i have to hike every weekend now mm-hmm. have to have to hike every weekend but i think we should talk about red mountain because mm-hmm. like this is an unknown hike to most people it's out mm-hmm. penny bc you got to drive two hours out to penny to get there yeah and uh, you get there and they've got a trail that goes basically six kilometers across the fields Mm -hmm. of Penny. And then you start going up the mountain. And I would equate it to doing Mount Pope when you go up the six kilometers to the top of Red Mountain. It's gradual, it's not super steep. There's a couple steep sections, like maybe a kilometer worth. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) it's, you have to wear a pack because there's a cabin at the top. So once you get up there, you've got a pack on. You're taking 40, 50 pounds of gear. So, you're, and that's 12 kilometers that you're hiking, Mm -hmm. but you backstep if you're going in the Mm -hmm. snow. So, you actually hike 13 and a half kilometers Mm -hmm. on your GPS because of stepping backwards. Mine was the same as yours. You told me it was 13 and a half. And you get up there and you've got to stay in this little cabin. I've done Viking Ridge, Fang Mountain, Driscoll multiple times. Sugar Bowl I thought was the hardest, even though it mm-hmm. says Vikings harder.
2: No, I think Sugar Bowl is I
1: the, thought Sugar yeah. Bowl was harder. I've done hard hikes yeah. and Red Mountain with a pack on <laughs> gassed me. Now, when we went, it was about minus seven. And we got to the top of that mountain and we were asleep at 6.30 p.m. <laughs> So we got up there at 5.30, we ate food, and went to bed at 6.30 p.m. Here's the thing for everybody listening. Meg went up there one week earlier at minus Mm -hmm. 30. Mm -hmm. And the whole hike up, all we did is say, how the F (laughs) did those crazy (laughs) bastards do this? (sighs) So tell me about that hike.
2: It was, uh... first I want to know, though, how did you feel the next day? Were you sore?
1: Uh, no, not really, actually, yeah, because good. we hike so much.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nothing makes me sore, really.
2: That's
3: good.
1: Uh, we were fine. One of the people that went with us, her hips started to go out. Yeah. That's never happened to her before. She was worried about her knee. Yeah. But we were worried we were going to have to carry her down. Oh, gotcha. And she actually had to go down the whole way. She's tough. Women are so much tougher than yeah. men. <laughs> like, I would have said call search and rescue. Yeah. She walked by lifting one side of her body and yeah. flinging her foot forward. Yeah and she That's did it the awesome. whole way down so it took us a long time to get down into the truck mm-hmm. but she just kept going yeah and she is a, a beast like i couldn't believe it yeah. we just couldn't believe it we just sat there ahead of her watching her just keep flinging her leg but anyways you did it at minus 30. <laughs> i want to hear this it
2: was uh it was freaking it was hard like it was miserable it was the hardest thing probably that we've ever done for sure it was you know how nothing's easy right so let's say it's summertime and you have your shorts on and you're feeling good well this is like you know you have three jackets on you're like just just so uncomfortable you can barely move you want to like blow your nose or I don't know put on your glass you can't wear glasses because then you're going to get fogged up from the face mask that you have on because you don't want to get frostbite so it was just like nothing about it was easy. It was insane. James so you swore at the you, mountain a few okay. times. Yeah. Oh, I'm no. so
1: glad to hear this because I was like, if they're comfortable, I don't even want to go with them because yeah. they're obviously <laughs> beasts. You
2: know, we got to like kilometers. Well, the kilometers seemed like pretty lo- lengthy kilometers. Oh, yeah. And when we got to kilometer 11, then we came around and there was another slight like, hill and James just lost it. Like he swore mm-hmm. and just, yeah, we had to take a moment there. We were we were done
1: that's a really short one though yeah yeah (laughs) and
0: then you're like oh it's leveling
2: down yeah yeah finally
0: doesn't that make the overall achievement that much sweeter and oh yeah you never get there
2: yeah you never get there and you're like i wish i didn't do that but i was asked about the day because we were so grateful to have that day to rest like i can't imagine getting up there and then turning around the next day and having to come back
1: oh yeah we were up and and left but we knew there was a good chance that we were going to have to call search and rescue for Ange. oh yeah so we left early so we'd have time gotcha like her hip was out Oof,
0: yeah. so wow so after listening to these stories mm-hmm. there's going to be zero demand for people yeah. wanting to do yeah. Red Mountain. no
2: one's going to want to go yeah <laughs> but it's there is no hard.
0: there is no better feeling than being hitting when your head hits the pillow at night and mm-hmm. you know That you're at absolute exhaustion because you put in the work to accomplish something. There's no better feeling.
2: Mm -mm, Totally agree. I think I
1: probably lost three pounds in that cabin (laughs) too because that fire starts off kind (laughs) of chilly, and then overnight, if that cabin doesn't lose any heat, it was crazy, really efficient.
0: And for the (laughs) listeners, you actually have to book that cabin in advance. Yeah, through the
2: uh, PG Backcountry Society.
0: Can you talk about more about that organization? Because like I myself don't know much about them, Mm -hmm. and I, I know that. Uh, you did a post fo- focusing on them just the other day, and it seems like it's a really great society.
2: Yeah, so they just focus on basically protect protecting the backcountry, right? So all the areas that are non-motorized. Uh, so they put through... Uh, basically program, not programming, but I I'm not I don't know too much exactly what they do, but they basically try and protect the land. They just put through a, um, what was it? A proposal to fix the bridge at Fang, right? So things like that. I think they want to build like a, a little bit of a bridge for Erg Mountain because it's not always super passable right now. So they're just really there to protect the back country and, and all non-motorized area around here, so.
0: Have you hiked Erg Mountain?
2: Uh, no, I haven't done that one yet. I've
0: heard good things about that one as well. The only caveat was that you actually have to like walk through knee deep water or so, something to get to the trailhead. Exactly,
2: and we went to do it this summer, and the, the river was too high that we and we weren't prepared. Like if we had taken off our pants and had diff- like a spare change of boots, we could have. But we we didn't were prepared for the river to be that high. So yeah.
0: I want to do a quick roundtable with all three of us, and I want to talk about three favorite hikes in Northern BC. And actually, before we do that, what are we drinking, Meg? Right.
2: Ah, sobriety.
0: sobriety. So
2: it's a delicious kombucha that's made here locally in Prince George.
0: Who makes it? It's a, a girl, the proprietor, her name's Kayla. I just met her for the first time this morning when I purchased these and locally owned and she's raising money for the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation for every sale as well when you return your bottle. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like a an, a win-win combination. She's up at, uh, with, at the Northern Sports Centre with cold juicery so she's that's where she's working right now and selling her product along with the mm-hmm. cold juicery so support local another amazing entrepreneur we're not getting paid <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah we have to disclose that nobody was paid did you buy those bottles
0: <laughs> we bought them okay, nice okay. You bought them? okay. Good. so three favorite hikes Meg we're putting you on the spot
2: okay three favorite I'd say Driscoll Fang and Raven just because it's like got to be a PG classic I think
0: Oh, wow, all yeah. out east. Though. Yeah. East, That's amazing yeah. how when you head out east and you get the McGregor Mountain Range and the Rocky Mountains mm-hmm. kind of working together and sync. Really so cool. So pretty. You
2: guys?
1: It's a miserable hike, but you've got to do Hedrick Lake. Okay. Uh, is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I've done it uh, four times. I have a buddy who used to be a guide out there mm-hmm. and he lived out there. Oh, cool. And so he took me out there in a pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> and no gear yeah, uh, because he said oh I know the area so well but it's about an eight kilometer hike through not very well marked I'm not suggesting people do it unless you are experienced and this was a while ago yeah I know how to use a GPS Mm -hmm. because the trail disappears but when you get into Hedrick Lake it's three mountains that form a bowl with this lake and the water is crystal clear and massive fish in it so we just kept catching fish and putting them back and there's two beautiful cabins up there which the local guide outfitter owns so Hedrick Lake definitely number one Driscoll mm-hmm. is the best She's beautiful yeah. you can bang it out it's super fun anybody can do it yeah. it's just like doing teapot three times yeah <laughs> which if you're stubborn anybody can do
0: yeah totally uh, yeah, that's the key anybody can do it yeah right? yeah a lot of people have explained Driscoll Ridge as it's like the ancient forest but a hike yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's totally. exactly it it's just leave the boardwalk in the ancient forest yeah. and go up a hill yeah yeah And so it might take you two hours instead of an hour, or three Mm -hmm. hours instead of two hours, but anybody can do it. Have
0: you ever gone past the the main lookout? You know Mm -hmm. where you get the extraordinary view? Have you kept on going up, either of you? No. Mm So, so what is next? I heard there's a lake or something? Yeah,
2: it's not really, the reason we stop there is because it's not worth it, honestly, yeah. so you kind of, you go along, and then you have to side hill, which in the summer, like, is just kind of miserable, like, it's hard on your legs, it's hard on your body, and then you go down to a lake, which is not any better of a view, obviously, it's kind of pretty down there, and then you do climb up, but the view at the end is no better than the view at, we find, at the view, the lookout point that we stop at.
0: It's, it's so, challenging when you get to that first lookout point and it's absolutely phenomenal (laughs) yeah right like it's like a climax two and a half or three kilometers yeah it's hard to keep on going when there's not something more spectacular exactly
2: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. third one hands down fang mountain it's
2: crazy hey it's It's, so beautiful
1: and we went in fall and it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life i think it equates to what i saw when i was in iceland Mm, a year and a half ago or two years ago now uh, just raw beauty. Yeah. And that's Fang Mountain.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, I just couldn't believe the amount of flowers mm. and the lakes, mm-hmm. the crystal clear lakes just everywhere, like peppering the land. Mm-hmm. And then coming up and getting a view at the very, very top of the mountain ranges in every direction was. Yeah.
0: Ugh. I
2: know. I can't wait to go magical. back up there. Yeah.
0: And that's a funny story because. The three of us. Yeah. When Ran into each other. Yeah. We yeah. were all there together. Yeah. I, I, that's, I think, the first time that you were exposed to the adventure bus. I had no idea
1: what it yeah. was. I was yeah. like, what are all these women doing on Fang Mountain? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was, was our like photo the best off trip spot. ever. Yeah.
2: That was awesome. There was
1: so many of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
2: was a big group. That was one of our most popular ones for sure. We had a big wait list for that one as well. So we're gonna throw that one on quite a few times this summer.
0: You know, seeing your group on the mountain though, every single person on that tour, the biggest smile on their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: That was right. what I pictured. That's exactly what I thought. I saw all these people with you in a group, and yeah. all I thought was, I want to be part of that.
3: Oh yay! <laughs> I was like, oh, I'd love
1: to be with that group because yeah. that looked just so much fun mm-hmm. like that's right up my alley yeah. so if you're listening
0: you're trying to switch groups
1: okay?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're like, well, you're like my group yeah. <laughs> I mean we
1: hustled don't get me wrong I still wanted to beat you guys I was like we got to get ahead of them because everything's a race including <laughs> non-races yeah, yeah. somehow I'll turn it into a race but you did look like you were having an awesome time I was it envious was of day. that yeah.
0: and here's a question Meg how many of those women that were on your tour that day would have gone and done that by themselves
2: Oh, I mean, I don't think any of them, right?
0: So, yeah. What you're doing is, you're not only are you providing confidence and and knowledge to Mm -hmm. these individuals who are taking something like this on for the first time, but also something that they never do on their own time, mm-hmm. or might not have the ability or the resources to do. Yep. That's powerful, yep. especially during a time where people are locked up in their own houses, they're mm-hmm. being told not to leave, not to interact with anybody, and you're providing these memorable experiences, showing off the beauty mm-hmm. of Northern British Columbia and the numerous hikes and experiences that exist out there,
3: mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah.
1: On that note, when we were at the top of Fang Mountain, yeah. um, we ran into a grizzly bear. We were eating lunch with our backs looking over the valley. Scott goes up behind us up just a little bit further up to a different peak, Mm -hmm. looks behind us and there's a grizzly about 150 yards just like 10 feet behind us and then down the hill yeah. 150 yards munching away on the side of the mountain there's a big massive grizzly yeah and scott comes down and he's like there's a grizzly within that bear could run to us in probably two to three seconds mm-hmm. two to three seconds the bears at us yeah and that's when it dawned upon me i'm like oh my god we have nothing to deal with this except some pepper to make ourselves taste better yeah. <laughs> Like, that's all pepper spray does to a grizzly. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing for those people that are hiking with you about grizzlies?
2: Yeah, so one of the the best reasons to go with the group is obviously you have a less of a chance of of having a, a grizzly encounter or any kind of animal life encounter just because you're a big group and you're talking and you're making noise right so there's safety in numbers uh... that's one of the reasons that we didn't venture farther because we knew there was a grizzly hanging around in the area so you do want to avoid if you know there's something there you don't want to walk into its territory um, but we do have uh... pepper spray bear bangers we don't really believe in bear bells they just kind of annoy everybody especially if 10 people have bear bells on their backpacks Uh, but yeah if you do see a grizzly you just want to remain calm don't run away screaming and just you know make yourself big and just stay calm and be loud and they don't usually want to attack you but if they try to really the only thing that you can do is play dead so drop to the ground, keep your backpack on, and throw your hands over your neck to I'm taking
1: you. a shotgun this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm now carrying this. After Fang, if I do summer hikes, mm-hmm. I have a Defender and pepper spray and bear bangers.
0: Easier said than done, hey? Like, mm-hmm. play dead. Could you imagine the grizzly bears just tossing mm-hmm. you around? And you're like, I'm just going to not move and, and be yeah. stable. Do
1: you know why that is? Because they don't like to eat fresh meat. They so once eat. they think you're dead, they'll just scrape some leaves and dirt on and top of leave, you yeah. and leave you. Yeah.
0: and then with the blackberry you just want to make yourself look you fight. as big yeah. and yeah fight. you have to yeah. fight back. You fight, like, you fight to, to the death yeah. Yeah.
1: fight till you're dead because yeah. they're gonna eat you right now
0: yeah what <laughs> other kind of have you ran into any kind of wildlife that made a little bit of a, a tension not really honestly
2: know? we've been the trails were so used to this summer like there's a lot of people yeah. right so we no, I think the only time we ran into... Like we had ran into a caribou, which was kind of cool up at Longworth this winter. Nice. But other than that, no, we haven't had any run-ins. Which what else? have you run
1: into this year?
0: Well, the grizzly was definitely takes the cake in terms of the most memorable. Uh, but yeah, we run into the moose, mm-hmm. uh, a ton of deer. I've never seen caribou. That would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I would love to see a wolverine.
1: I saw a wolverine this year. Oh, really? Oh. In the fall. Yep, yeah, we saw a wolverine for like two whole seconds. Yeah. Uh, with Perry Eighty, my buddy Dylan's dad. I was out hiking and hunting with them, and a wolverine walked right in front of us and cool. then looked at us and then shot into the trees. Mm-hmm. And a wolf nice, right on the road.
0: Which is very rare. Yeah.
1: yeah. I've only seen two wolves in my entire life, one driving to McBride, and it ran across the highway, and then this one cool. on the, on a dirt road. We yeah. saw a wolf.
0: I think Matt Porteous, who has a, uh, another awesome podcast, if anybody's looking for great podcasts, check out Matt Talks Back. In his recent podcast interview with Brian Skakin, Brian has all of his trail cams around Prince George, and so he gets to see a lot of cool wildlife, but Matt was talking about a story when he was driving towards Terrace, and this big, huge wolf along the Skeena, which is a very narrow narrow highway, this big, huge wolf runs across the highway, and Matt was saying he thought it was a werewolf. It was so substantial in size that he was just blown away. And uh, Rob Bryce, who you've probably Mm -hmm. Seen one of his many hiking books. Uh, I used to work up on UMBC campus with him. He said the one animal he's never seen in the wild before around around Prince George mm-hmm. is a wolf. Like, oh, there's lots of them though. Yeah, a but he's got. Footage, just just, like, the plague. Yeah, he's got footage of <laughs> cougars and and bobcats and lynx and nice. isn't it just a wild concept thinking like there's these big beautiful wild cats just like roaming <laughs> in the area. My brother-in-law saw a cougar at the Hart Ski Hill, like in the heart within city limits. Crazy. A cougar. Right. Nothing like Vancouver Island where they're Lots. ubiquitous, but yeah. they're, now they're every
1: adventure bus fan is sitting here going <laughs> yeah, no, I'm maybe terrified. Maybe, maybe I don't want a hike. <laughs> So just to be clear, we're out every single weekend and out of all three of us being out every weekend, we saw one Wolverine for two seconds and we've seen one wolf. Yes, and a grizzly and one grizzly hiking every weekend because everything runs away. We are safe in a big group. But there was only three of us. We were still small enough that we were lunch. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: that that is another benefit to the the group hiking scenario. Yeah. Is the protection from certain wildlife that it would be a different story say, if you are hiking solo oh, or if totally. it was just a couple hiking, right? 100%. And you have a large group of people, you are more intimidating to wildlife. Well, yeah.
1: and people, two people will often be quiet. you yeah. will stop talking. You just have breaks exactly. from chatting. And now you're hiking quietly. And But in a large group of 12, mm-hmm. I doubt there's too many moments of yeah. silence until you <laughs> stop and take a break and then people will all yeah. kind of naturally get quiet for a second just to observe nature. But yeah. you're right. That would be fairly well protected.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Three favorite hikes. I, I'm i gonna go with Mount Murray as Ooh. number one. A very cool. In the one. Pine I know, Pass? Yeah, in the Pine I was, Pass.
2: Yeah, that's gotta be one of my favorites Yeah, too. I
0: know you did that as well. It's been a few years since you did that, Dave. 2009. Right? Yeah, because I remember when I was heading out there, you said that you did that almost a decade or over a decade yeah. ago. Yeah,
1: oh, cool. Yeah, that was my divorce hike. Oh, nice. My first divorce hike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <sighs> That's a good way to celebrate a divorce. Your your second
0: divorce hike was a series of hikes. Like, you had an epic season of hiking. So you're you're making your way up. Nothing deals
1: with mental anguish better than being outside. I completely resonate with what you're saying. If you are listening and you are having any mental struggles, Mm -hmm. well, I'm a financial advisor Mm -hmm. who just went through a global economic collapse. Mm -hmm. I'm going through a divorce. My mother-in-law passed away. Like, I had everything happen. And so it was like... It would have been very easy just to drink more and more and more, Mm -hmm. but I started hiking and I got to say, there's nothing that I could wait for or look forward to Mm -hmm. more than the weekend now to start hiking. Something that I dreaded, (laughs) something that was exhausting Mm -hmm. and you do it once a year and now I literally wait all week quivering, waiting to go. Uh, and I don't know what the change is, but yeah. I don't
2: know.
3: And it's,
1: once you start, yeah, you just have to start you and do it a couple times and get past the sore yes. part. And then it's so addictive.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's a high that's long lasting too, Yeah, right? Like if you finish a great weekend of hiking or, or a hike on a Sunday, that high perpetuates into the next week yeah. and mm-hmm. in other areas of your life, you start performing well. And, and like you said, the anticipation of your next hike, mm-hmm. that keeps that high going. And I look at, like Dave said, just start with a basic hike that you're mm-hmm. offering, Meg, where totally. it's in city limits. It might be a, a few kilometers in length, mm-hmm. and that will be a f- nice stepping stone to get out to some of these other hikes that we mm-hmm. mentioned. I still owe you two more on my list. Number two would be Mount Terry Fox, mm-hmm. which is extraordinarily difficult. Mm-hmm. We didn't make it to the summit. We hiked for almost 10 hours, That's crazy. and that, this was in July. We ran into hail, into rain, into twenty seven degree sunshine, yeah. into sleet, you name it. Every weather weather pattern available. And that's just located in, in Vailmont, which is like the Switzerland of Canada. It's just so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And number three, I don't know if this would qualify as northern BC, more central BC, but Trophy Mountain, which is in Wells Gray Provincial Park. Oh, okay. It's it's kind of actually like Mount Murray up by the Pine Pass a lot, very similar. And just a very enjoyable hike where it probably takes about five kilometers to get to this massive meadow where you have in every direction views of all of the mountain ranges in Mm -hmm. the area. And Wells Gray Provincial Park Mm -hmm. is unreal for being five and a half hours away.
1: Are you going to do tours there, do you think? Are you going to take people up to areas like that?
2: So to be able to guide in provincial parks, you actually have to have permits. And so you have to really focus on which parks that you want to guide in and which ones you want to apply for permits, right? Because you got to make your money back. And then also if there's any parks that already have a lot of guiding companies, they're not going to keep issuing park permits. So the ones we applied for were the Driscoll Ridge range, Salt Forest, Forest, uh, Sugar Bowl, Grizzly Den and Evanoff. So that's really going to be our focus this summer is to trying to do as many tours and getting to know that land as well as possible. Well,
1: Evanoff's Hedrick, isn't uh, it? That's close to the edge provincial park.
2: Yeah. So, well, and like, so Evanoff really is quite like fangs in it, but the McGregor range, like the farm, that's not in the park limit. So we can still do, like, if let's say we didn't have our permits, we could still take people to the farm. It wouldn't matter. Um, but if we wanted to go and take a group and, and charge money for that service, then we have to have a provincial park
1: Well, permit. when you want to do Hedrick, you ask me okay. to come and okay. I'll take you guys on the Hedrick Perfect. trail because I've done it 5 yeah, times. Make sure okay. everyone I'll do that one with you. Make sure Perfect. everyone
0: packs their running shoes,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I own
3: Tennis shoes gear. <laughs>
1: the blisters I had oh, yeah. were unbelievable. Yeah. They just your just feet had to get wet. You go through a couple swamps on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically it's like super low on the list of elevation. 250 meters elevation oh. gain on head gain on head, Hedrick, and mm-hmm. I thought it was the toughest hike in the world. It's yeah. just 8 kilometers walking <laughs> along the edge of a mountain. That
2: sounds oh. cool though.
1: And in
0: what does the the permit application process look like?
2: uh, it's crazy for sure. It's like any other kind of government hoop that you have to jump through right so you have to have like an emergency an emergency action plan. You have to have your wilderness first aid certifications. You have to have a certain amount of insurance for liability, and then you have to—we did it a few months ago—but it's just a a lengthy process of paperwork basically that you got to fill out, and then they review it. The park, the park warden reviews it, and then obviously we have to work with local uh, native bands uh, to get their approval as well. So,
1: how much does my family get paid if I die hiking with you?
2: I don't want to think about that. That's horrible. Oh, I don't know. This is, you know, I
0: work in
1: life insurance. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious. How does your insurance work?
0: Yeah. I'm curious. Have you had any people that have moved up to the north from Vancouver or any other major metropolitan areas that are just in awe of everything this region has to offer in terms of pure beauty, space, mountains? next to nobody around because you get a lot of these mm-hmm. people that grew up in a city full of of light pollution and a concrete jungle mm-hmm. and just miles and miles and miles of asphalt that you come up to Prince George you can actually see the stars yeah yeah Have yeah you had those kind of feedback from you?
2: honestly that just sounds like me like that's why I fell in love with it up here right I was like this is amazing but it's mostly locals like I don't there we haven't had a lot of people that are are new to Prince George, but actually next week I have a couple that I'm taking to Driscoll and they've moved up from the city. So I'm super stoked to show them. So I think that's gonna be an awesome day. I feel
0: like you should be on Tourism Prince George and Move Up Prince George Mm -hmm. payroll for advertising (laughs) Prince George as a destination to move. And I'm very serious. Because you can put any sponsored campaign together that you want. You know, showing a family, sitting in a park, smiling, mm-hmm. that doesn't resonate with anybody. But when you start showing off what you can do in Prince yeah. George in terms of adventures totally. and, and excursions, mm-hmm. that could be a driving force in a future decision to actually move up north from the yeah. mainland.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Like, I love showing PG off. It's freaking beautiful. So, yeah.
1: Meg, I think, um, I don't know what questions you have left, but I, I what I would like to say is I look forward to... I said this before, joining you on some hikes mm-hmm. um, and, and, and getting out with you guys. I meant it about the Hedrick Lake thing. I'd yeah, love to show you awesome. guys that one because you'll really like that and take clients there, guaranteed. Yeah. Um,
0: any questions? Yeah, actually, I, I just want to talk about some of your upcoming hikes, okay. Like for because we're going to be able to air this mm-hmm. within 24 hours. Andrew does a good job of getting it up right away. So tell us about what you have coming up through the pipeline and how people can actually sign up for these
2: awesome uh, Good question yeah <laughs> thank you Scott uh, so through our website right now we have a booking platform through there so it's pretty easy breezy you just go you click which hike you want to do you buy your ticket and then we send you the email and the medical form and the waiver and all that kind of stuff
1: that's adventurebus.com
2: yeah www.theadventurebustours.com uh, obviously there's a link uh, through our Instagram and our Facebook page as well. We don't really have, I think there might be a couple local hikes, and I think we have some space on a Driscoll Ridge one, but pretty much everything is completely sold out. (laughs) So that's the one issue that we're facing right now is that uh, people are going to the site and we don't have anything because we're sold out.
0: So do you do custom tours? If I were to contact you saying, I'd love to go to Driscoll Ridge and we're looking for these potential dates. Would you be able to form a custom tour for,
2: Right Customers. now, for household only, which is hard, I've had to turn away quite a few people that were looking for like my group of my group of, my group of girlfriends want to come and we want to do this and I'm not able to host people if they're not from the same household in like that kind of hangout tour only same household. Um, we will be posting a lot more. It's also that weird kind of swing season where we're waiting for the snow to melt, right? So obviously the snow packs a lot less down like in within the city this winter. So hopefully the local trails, like the in town trails will be able to access like April and May, but the Alpine will still be soggy and wet like Viking was until like August, I think, right? So yeah. Just...
0: And if people are looking to get an idea of like what your tours look like. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, you do a phenomenal job, both uh, your husband and you, of being able to showcase your hikes after they happen. And that's both on Facebook and Instagram? Yes. And what are your handles?
2: Uh, The Instagram is at the.adventure.bus and then Facebook is at the Adventure Bus Tours.
0: Great, so for anybody looking for inspiration or just to see what you offer, they can go on there and, and you'll have photos from the majority of your excursions, right? Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: You're gonna get some training from me on how to make short little videos. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I know, Dave. You should make videos. I like keeping some things kind of like elusive and secretive, you know. But mm. yeah.
1: I like my videos. Because <laughs> people a good context of what I the d- Red Mountain hikes like.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: As they go through? I
2: do like that idea for sure. We we've made some GoPro videos like before. I haven't actually done one in a while. So yeah. yeah.
1: It's a sledder thing. Yeah. Sledders make videos. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to be able to show the action. The gotcha. picture doesn't do it for sledding. Yeah.
2: But you, you get good see. commentary
0: too, right? Yeah, the because
2: commentary
3: is I there. saw the Red
0: Mountain video, and you're given commentary for each stage which I feel like Red Mountain, like I watched the full video and I was like, okay, now I know how to prepare for this, mm-hmm. which was very valuable.
1: I think it looked a little easier than my vid- in my video.
0: Mm-hmm. You didn't mention that Ange's hip I was did, almost left on top of the I did it say, now.
1: there's Ange on the ground, and she was on the ground <laughs> massaging her hip, but I didn't want to call her out looking like a wimp. Yeah. but. Yeah, no, we were swearing at some points. I remember looking back at those guys and going, what the hell did we get ourselves into? And then it would be immediately be followed by, how the hell did Meg do this? It said that, yeah. I guarantee In we said that 30, 10 yeah, times brutal. on that hike. Yeah. 10 times. We cursed your name, <laughs> saying they did it at minus 30, and I feel so weak now yeah. as a human being.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad you said it was the yeah, worst thing was, ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: it's <was> freaking hard. <laughs> How many
0: actual tours do you think you've done, like since your company started to where we are today? Oh gosh. Your estimate.
2: Ay-ay-ay-ay-ay. Maybe a hundred, maybe.
0: Wow, so you are in, in triple digits then probably. Yeah. Do you have any standout memories from any of these trips? Like something funny that happened or or even just a special memory and maybe uh somebody got engaged or something cool?
2: Geez, nothing that cool yet
1: oh but now that's going to happen
2: Yeah, I don't know it's honestly just the little moments it's like those people getting to the top that are just like breath they're just you know they're this is amazing you know we see the trail we do it like I'll probably have done Driscoll 12 times by the season by the time the summer's here and every time it's different because every time I get to see it through someone else's eyes and it's epic Mm. like that is amazing yeah
0: it's very similar to having somebody visit prince george that may have never been here before or -hmm. or it's been a substantial amount of time since their last visit it makes you re-appreciate in a way how what we have to offer Mm -hmm. whether you bring them to the winery or you bring them for a walk through cottonwood park uh, or if you might just bring them to one of our great restaurants like chimo's it's it's an opportunity to actually like feel like a tourist in your own city Mm -hmm. and it's no different when you're providing your tours because when you see the look in somebody's eyes when they get to that lookout point at teapot mountain for the Mm -hmm. first time and knowing that if it wasn't for your company and for your team they may have never done that in their life Mm -hmm. does it get any more rewarding than that
2: no like it doesn't like it's that's why i quit my job and i you know i'm not in it for the money i don't think any guide is in it for the money it's because we love it Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life and meet as many people as I possibly can because it is literally the most rewarding thing.
0: That's amazing. So what does the next five years look like then for that adventure bus? Oh
2: Man, we just want to get through the pandemic, honestly. Of course, like my brain, I have all these ideas of like where I'd like to go with it and what we'd like to do. But for now, just get through. We want to keep things affordable for people and accessible to people. I would like to start some kind of program on the side helping people that couldn't maybe afford to come hiking or couldn't afford the gear some kind of program to be able to reach those people and give them the opportunity to come out on some trips
0: That's a cool idea.
2: yeah, that's something that I'm super passionate about so I will always want to use what we do for good whether I was with good life or here like I feel like, we have the ability, potentially, so I, I want to somehow figure that out. And then just to hire a couple people, too, like give some other guide. Like there's just not opportunities in this community, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, we're just adapting and we're growing. The tourism industry and the outdoor industry is growing and booming, and we don't have any other company like this up in Prince George. So to be able to give some guides that have gone through the schooling and have certification employment or mentoring opportunities would be amazing as well.
0: Good answer. Yeah. We should probably finish with some kind of Canadian-type question, <laughs> since we are called the Crazy Damn Canadians podcast. So maybe we can just switch it for a bit. I'll start. What's your favorite Canadian city? Oh,
2: gosh. My feet, I love Wells, like Wells down by Barkerville. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have
0: you done the... The Groundhog Lake hike there? Yeah, yes. Oh, See, yeah, I day. did the
2: Seven Summits bike and hike like years ago. We had mm-hmm. to conquer Seven Summits with a mountain bike and a hike, and that was freaking horrible, yeah. too. Yeah.
0: And there's hundreds of kilometers of oh, uh, terrain out there. Like, you've probably been snowmobile. Oh, yeah. Out there, I
1: snowmobile right? up there every weekend and yeah. I've quadded from Prince George to Wells. Oh, cool. Wow. Wicked trip. Yeah. So that's got to be like yeah. what,
0: seven or eight hours. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was about eight hours. That's cool.
1: mm-hmm. Case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was quadding back then. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's why hiking is a lot
0: better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? You you actually burn down a year. It's like you just get fat you go out in the bush. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: you Just can earn your beer hiking. Yeah. yeah, Nobody's
1: taking a beer hiking yeah. anymore. I know some people that do crack yeah. them at the top. I, after following mean, Scott's tradition, take turtles. I take a oh, turtle nice. and I eat a chocolate turtle at yeah. the top every time. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mine's Skittles. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a you're little mist- bit of candy. Turtles, I bring
1: yeah. turtles. Yeah. For yeah. everybody. Everybody gets a turtle when they get to the top. <laughs> yeah.
0: the top <laughs> nice. I like the that. adventure
1: bus oh, okay. needs something that you should make it your thing when you get to the top and everyone holds your thing up and needs it. It's the celebration. It's the treat. Love that. Do it. It's a wicked little ceremony I do that
2: like do. that yeah it. little treat Yeah, I
0: love it create that tradition yeah. mm-hmm. who's your favorite Canadian
2: like oh
1: gosh my favorite what Canadian inspires you
2: <sighs> what Canadian inspires me gosh guys I don't know that's a tough question well think
1: about it there's a few Canadians and you have to be like oh that person was amazing I know but uh, be an athlete an
0: actor a, a doctor singer, politician philanthropist.
1: just don't say you're a Trudeau fan <laughs>
0: <laughs> why do people
1: hate too many rights? corruption cases I liked him I voted for him but three corruption cases and you and you tank a billion dollar charity that's helping kids around the world because mm-hmm. you don't think to disclose no I'm dumb with him fire him he's done Yeah, because he's corrupt I support the party I support helping people he's corrupt get rid of him that's mm-hmm. it you three strikes you're out interesting get me ranting
0: Pull. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tell I'm, us how you really feel uh, yeah I just <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to what are what is one province outside of british columbia that you absolutely love
2: i just love bc so much i haven't really i've been to alberta a bit and i've been out to Ontario to toronto and ontario uh, i i guess alberta would be you know
0: yeah have you been down Canmore to bamf area in yeah Canmore?
2: so it's beautiful there very right? similar to bc yeah. right
0: yeah be, i wish i sure. how cool would it be to they have these grand fondo bike races, mm-hmm. they have them all over the world. They've never had one in northern or central British Columbia before. Imagine having, and they're usually a couple hundred kilometers long. Mm-hmm. Imagine say starting at the ancient forest and going all the way through the the Rocky Mountain Trench into McBride into the Robson Valley. You hang that right at Vailmont, or right, right at that junction. You head through Mount Robson into Jasper. Wouldn't that be the It'd most be amazing Grand? Fondo It'd be a beautiful over? ride. Yeah. Wouldn't it get any. Better I'd like than Alberta
1: that? if you could get rid of the Albertans.
2: Yeah. It's well. No. It's. I don't mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> <He's like
3: laughs> I just. <laughs> great that was, idea that was a
1: joke uh, yeah, if you're from yeah, alberta yeah. that was a joke
3: <laughs> of course
2: yeah it's just beautiful there there's aspects there's parts of it that are beautiful and then parts not so much like i couldn't live with the flat land and the no trees like yeah. bc is breathtaking you need mountains you can't, when you're
1: from the mountains yeah it's just it's like being near water and then going to live in a desert yeah you know, just can't do it it's mountains are home
2: yeah well who are, are your guys' favorite canadians
0: oh like dave answer that one first
1: um, I have, like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, people talked about uh, Terry Fox, and yeah. that's, I guarantee that's yeah. one of Scott's <laughs> heroes, too, but he was a hero. And mm-hmm. then shortly after that, a fellow named Rick Hansen. Do you okay. know who yeah, he is? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Rick Hansen was another inspiring story. Yes. And actually, uh, next week, I'll be talking to him. Nice. On this podcast.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that's I'm so cool.
1: super excited about that. Yeah. Nervous yeah. as all hell. Yeah,
2: that'll be awesome, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, my favorite Canadian is probably Kayla, the proprietor of Sobriety. Because so hey. this stuff is absolutely freaking amazing. So, if you live in Prince George or Northern British Columbia, I would definitely recommend trying this for sure. Nice. So, cheers. Cheers, yeah. guys.
2: Thanks for Woo-hoo.
0: being here, Meg. Really thanks. appreciate
2: it. Thanks, Meg. Oh, thanks, Dave. And thanks, shout Scott. out to
1: Shirley Bond, still the best local Prince George human being.
0: <laughs> That's a good shout out. Mm hmm. Thanks everybody. Thanks guys. Cue the Studio 720. (laughs)